Welcome to this week's episode of the Nerd Chatter Podcast, where two nerds sit down and chit-chat about some nerd things that we find throughout the week. As always, I'm joined by my good buddy Garrett. How are you, my friend? It's been a very busy week. I mean, we're recording this, what, two, three days ahead of yeah. what we normally do, so it's been a very compact week. Yeah, to throw that out there, we are having to record a couple days early. This is Thursday, so uh, if you are listening to the show on the weekend or later, uh, you might be missing some info that might have popped out on Friday or Saturday. Or Sunday, what have you. Um, but, you know, we got some things we got to do and we'll be back to the normal schedule next week. Um, but as always, I like to start off the show by discussing or sharing some free or heavily discounted games that I come across throughout the week. Uh, and it's a little dry this week, but we still have the Epic Game Store coming in with their weekly free game. Uh, this week it is Doom 64. Not bad. It's only a $5 game, but free is definitely nice. Uh, and that's free on the Epic Game Store until August 25th. Uh, and also, I forget what I think it's like, Rumbleverse. Uh, yeah, Rumbleverse is the game. The Boom Boxer Pack uh, on the free-to-play game Rumbleverse is free on Epic Game Store until August 25th as well. Uh, it's just a character and I believe scanner or what have you, but uh, some free in-game content if you go and head on over there. Um, you know, one thing I did want to mention too while we're, you know, before we get going here is, uh, you know, if you're listening to us on, on YouTube, if you want to, you know, take a, the opportunity to hit that subscribe button and that like button would be much appreciated. Uh, it definitely helps us kind of get circulated and get some more, some more viewers on these videos. And if you're on any of the streaming platforms, uh, for the podcast, uh, like Spotify or audible, what have you, uh, you know, hitting that follow button is uh, heavily appreciated as well. Um, we do have a couple stories. I have a pretty heavy roundup towards the end there. Um, but you know, I got a, a fairly juicy one here, especially for those DC fans out there, you know, uh, but this one, uh, claims that Batman, the 2022 film, uh, stolen. This one is, uh, a, a bit interesting. Uh, it's, it's based around a premise of a, of a, of a screenplay that was submitted to the Batman offices in, in, I think 1990, uh, and has kind of been, you know, left behind and, and eventually just kind of forgotten, but uh, is supposedly the inspiration for the Batman film that just came out, Matt Reeves' Batman. Uh, so I wrote a little blurb here and it's a pretty heavy list. I, I took advantage of the opportunity and I went through the videos because it's two videos. And I went down and I took his more, you know, his more convincing bullet points and, and laid them out here. But uh, I do have a little small blurb kind of going over the situation and then we'll get into the list. Um, but yeah, what do you think if that's the case, you know, Batman being stolen? Um, lawsuit. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it kind of, kind of weird how this whole thing is going down to with, with this guy, but, uh, let me just read over this and then I'll, I'll go down the list and we'll discuss a little bit. A bit of odd drama in the world of DC films this week as eyes were directed towards a pair of YouTube videos released in late July claiming the premise for Matt Reeves' The Batman was stolen from a freelance artist working for DC Comics. Chris Wozniak, a penciler and writer for DC Comics in the early 90s, makes the claim that the entirety of the concept of the 2022 film The Batman was copied from a story he wrote and submitted to the then and now producer Michael Uslan. Uh, he then goes on to make the comparisons between the two stories, pointing out similarities uh, and followed up with a second video uh, pointing out the differences. Uh, the video released on Wozniak's own channel, Bull, was it Bullblown Psychosis or Fullblown Psychosis, I think it is. I have to look it up. Uh, we'll link it in the description. Uh, makes these arguments. Uh, these are the, just kind of the general bullet points, uh, but these are pretty hefty, hefty claims. 
Uh, he submitted his Batman slash Riddler story to the DC Batman office multiple times between 1990 and 2017, and it never sold. Uh, for people who don't know, you know, writers do that. I mean, not anybody can just send in a script, you know, but if you're a little more established in the industry, you know, you submit your ideas to these studios, and if they like it, then they bring you on as the writer, and you can do some rewrites or uh, you get credit and then they kind of take your idea and pay you and kind of run with it, you know, but uh, kind of a failed attempt on his part. That's what he's saying that he, he kept submitting it over and over again and it never sold. Uh, he wrote that I have a great story. We never wrote, uh, we never got around to doing at DC comics, but it would make a fantastic Batman film that he wrote directly to Michael Uslan uh, via email. Uh, I forget in which year, but uh, it was previously uh, that the basic structure of the two plots are more than just similar that the entire premise reimagined Riddler, the big reveal, Riddler's big reveal, uh, turning point and ending are all the same. Uh, so, I mean, these are, these are pretty hefty claims, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is, a, this is, he's basically saying that, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, it's the entire concept. It's, it's, you know, you can have it to where it's like, you know, somebody maybe wrote a Batman story where Joker was, you know, mangled in some type of accident and he was more grungy and stuff, you know, and then Christopher Nolan comes out with his film and somebody can make that argument, but it's kind of like a, you know, well, duh, that's, that's probably going to happen anyways. Like it's, that seems like a coincidence. Um, but what he's saying is that it's more than just a coincidence that these are just, these are blatant. Um, and I watched the video. The first video was very dramatic. Uh, it was nothing but font. And it kind of goes and then it'll, it'll play like a scene and then it says, you know, the, the section from his original script and then basically what it became and like what it is in the new film. Um, and then he goes in this like 15 minute video where he just kind of compares throughout the film from start to finish uh, things that are overlapping. Um, now I'm going to go down the list. There's a couple dozen here, so bear with me. I'm going to try to, you know, hoof, hoof through it. Um, but it says Gotham, the first point, Gotham is in complete chaos. His plot was a focused uh, on the end of his career, not the beginning, because the the Batman. Have you you have still haven't seen the Batman, right? Uh, I okay. I've tried to watch it. It uh, the color palette just every time I, I was doing something else when I was work, um, watching it. So every time I looked up to like watch it, it looked like the same exact thing. Like the color <laughs> it's just palette dark was just and, so and bland. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of lost attention with You're going to have to sit down and actually so, watch it. I mean, it I, is I a decent film, but based on the premise here, it's like, you know, you can see it being, you know, fairly similar. But um, the film is, you know, you're, you're looking at a young Batman. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll discuss this a little bit later because in his second video, he makes these, these couple uh, dramatic claims that, that basically like seals the deal in his mind but uh, let me let me continue so this 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 story the the batman the one that came out matt reeves um is a young batman his original story was an older batman uh, however the premise is still the same that gotham has slipped into chaos and that it's just you know it's mayhem uh, the second point is both police and government have been corrupted by local crime organizations causing complete systematic corruption on um, his second video, he goes into detail about that and says that in no other Batman film, there has been no full-blown systematic corruption, like government, police, politicians, everybody, uh, everybody is bought out. Um, I mean, I kind of get that feeling from the Batman, but um, 
you know, it, it definitely does seem like everybody except for Gordon is, is kind of untrustworthy. Um, next point is protests, riots, looting, and martial law. The city is broken. Um, I think that the actual term is used in both scripts. Uh, the city is broken. Um, next one, Jim Gordon is the last good cop. Uh, then the next one, at the scene of the murder, uh, at the scene of a murder, Batman has left a, a note from Riddler promising more murders, which happens in both stories. The Riddler is reimagined as a lonely, morbid, gruesome serial killer and mass murderer. Now you're talking about a premise for a story that originally was, was sent in from a writer to the executive producer for these Batman films um, to receive content and then eventually choose a story and stuff like that. He even goes on to explain in, in a clip, a Q&A, Michael Uslan himself says, you know, what I do is I take scripts and then we choose one that we like and then we either, you know, we take that story or we go and we change it. So uh, that's the argument here is that he's kind of, he took his idea and did it and then didn't credit him. Um, but that, that one in particular, the Riddler is reimagined as a lonely, morbid, gruesome serial killer and mass murderer is, I mean, the entire point of the Batman, you know what I mean? That's what makes the Riddler different and makes the, the film so edgy and, and yada yada so unique. Uh, and he's arguing that fact. Uh, the next one, Batman and Jim Gordon team up to do detective work, framing uh, the genre as an investigative thriller, which the movie definitely does have more of that. Uh, each gory killing has a new riddle that requires Batman to answer correctly. The answer combined into a cipher that uncovers Riddler's big reveal. Uh, his story had Batgirl as one of them, as the one to receive the booby trap package. Uh, Batman also finds out on a phone call and is too late, leaving the character hospitalized for the remainder of the film. So in both scripts, uh, you had a main character who received a, a booby trap in the mail and is narrowly, you know, narrowly escapes death and then is kind of uh, incapacitated for the rest of the film, which... In this particular case, what he's saying is, you know, we'll get into the second film. He goes into that difference uh, and why that seals the deal in particular as to what they what they did to his story. Um, but uh, I'll move on to the next one here. A massive citywide manhunt, uh, but Riddler turns himself in for the specific purpose of bringing the Batman face to face for his big reveal. Uh, the next one, he bonds with uh, others who are socially shunned by society and they become his surrogate family. Uh, in the film, this Riddler is a streamer, uh, like a loner streamer who's streaming to other extremists who are, who are egging him on and having him, you know, uh, you know, glorify even more so these, these heinous crimes that he's committing. Uh, the next one is he bonds with others who are, or, I'm sorry, uh, Riddler goes through a traumatic experience that gives him a moment of clarity, realizing he had a greater purpose and that's something that he explains in the Matt Reeves film. Uh, it's involving an orphanage. I won't get into it, but it's when he was younger and stuff like that. Um, the big reveal is the answers to the riddle combined reveals that he knows Bruce's identity or Batman's identity. Uh, and then another point is that Bruce, uh, Bruce ponders whether it's the end of the Batman. Uh, then the next one, he makes correlations between his idea uh, of the will to bring on Armageddon and then Matt Reese's references to like judgment and like judgment day. Cause that's like on his live stream in the film is like, he's like, it's finally time for judgment day and yada, yada, yada. Um, similar premise is that there was a lot of preachiness from Riddler in the original scripts, um, you know, talking about Armageddon and uh, a lot of biblical, uh, implications, you know, um, 
Riddler's actual plan is to kill everybody indiscriminately, which is somewhat similar to uh, to um, the Matt Reeves one. But again, that's that's kind of hit on in the second the second film or the second video. Uh, the method of retribution, the term is also used in the Batman film, is biblically inspired. Uh, his being a plague in the original script, uh, Matt Reeves is being a flood. Um, a scene where Batman fights a group of corrupt cops in a tight, unlit area, only lit by the muzzle flashes of weapons. <laughs> it's like a very specific scene in the film that is like, you know, it's even in like, in like promotional, uh, you know, footage and stuff like that. Uh, Riddler getting upset that Batman wasn't as smart as he thought he was. A reference to Batman laying helplessly, needing an antidote, where in the film, Batman randomly injects himself with an unknown substance. Uh, that's not explained in the film whatsoever. I mean, I think it's like a you're, you're led to assume it's adrenaline and there's some other type of material that explained what was in that. However, it's not like there was a scene that says, you know, this is adrenaline. If you're in trouble, hit yourself with it, you know. Um, but there are some correlations and he goes into the second film or the second video and he talks about how this is just something that's left over from his scene. Uh, because in, in his film, Riddler uses uh, chemicals the plague, you know, he causes like a biological attack, uh, and that Batman is in need of the antidote. And that's what he injects himself with. Uh, and in this one, he injects himself with adrenaline so that he can continue on fighting. Um, Riddler's plan fails and is locked away in isolation. Batman realizes he's a symbol for hope and rededicates himself to Gotham. Like at the end of the film, uh, Joker has a last minute cameo as an unnamed mystery man, uh, and uh, he makes the claim that Joker was behind the plan the entire time, anonymous, anonymously de uh, befriending him and radicalizing Riddler. Um, so that's the list of, of the specific correlations that he made in his first video. Uh, and this was done very like creepily. It was like, do, 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 you know, and it would like pause and then it would play like a clip and then it would show the comparisons and all this. So it was very showy. Um, now, it's not getting very much traction. If you look at the comment section, it's a whole lot of like, you know, DC fanboys just like shitting on this dude. Um, and he only has like 200 subscribers. I think he started the channel so that he could be on, be on this little, uh, this little, uh, vendetta, you know, um, or crusade, I should say. Um, but you know, there's a couple in here and, and you're not, you're not watching the film. I mean, that's going to hinder the, the ability to, to fire back and get a, a genuine response in regards to, the shock of seeing these similarities because they are, you know, genuine deal. However, you can still comment on the abundance of, of, of specific, uh, specific examples of things that kind of carry over. Right. Yeah. So just a couple thoughts. Um, the overall, okay. So I, I have, I have two questions. Let me to, to preface all this. Did this guy talk about like what his actual proof is that um, that is like what his story is like does he have any documents that show he has the original screenplay that he's everything I should just say he has and, and he even has pictures of it yeah and he, he even shows the emails that he had with okay. other artists at DC uh, other people that he talked to who he was trying to get this uh, this script out to. He showed the email that he wrote to Uslan. Uh, I don't know if there was a response, but it doesn't matter. You're throwing it into like a void, you know. And 
yeah. You know, if you know no response, no culpability, it's like, well, well I don't remember reading that. You know, there's so, no proof that he did. Um, but that's kind of what he's saying. So okay, he does so have I, all the receipts, yes. Okay, so I that, I, that answers the questions that I have. So here's my thoughts. If this guy is telling the truth and the evidence that he showed is correct, it definitely looks like they did some either reshoots or just some really sloppy um, changing of the script and screenplay yeah. to... Not even really enough. sloppy, you know what I mean? Just sloppy in the sense that you're trying to hide it. <laughs> exactly. But, like, the... I mean, the biggest thing for me is that uh, injection is just like, well, we've never seen a Batman, at least in film, like, just randomly inject himself before. <laughs> with, like, so, to what? where you're supposed to know what that is without any type of further explanation, you know what I mean? Like, that type of thing, where it's like, yeah. if, if Superman it gets close to a green rock and he falls on the ground. You, you pretty much naturally assume that it's kryptonite. You know what I mean? It's like, there is no need to just now given, I mean, I can see that being necessary that, you know, he needs to, to administer some type of, of medical boost from time to time to, well, to yeah, do some crazy shit, which I mean, in the movie that? he was, he was going crazy No, And then that'll be the argument as to whether or not, you know, yeah, that's then... a correlation or if that's a complete unique deal. But I mean, at the same time you have, it's slightly different. I forget what it was in the film. I think he's like fighting some corrupt cops and he's getting the shit kicked out of him and he's on the ground and he's like exhausted. And then he kind of reaches over, pulls out this vial. He f pops open a little like cap on his thigh <laughs> and then jams the needle inside the hole. And then he injects himself and he screams like, you know, let's go. And then he just like gets up and, and runs off. And there's no explanation before or after. Um, but, you know, to talk about that and, and, and the second video, uh, I'm not sure if I, if I got into specifics about that example, but in the second video he goes, and this is actually him talking. Um, and he's not really timid in what he's doing. He's very, he's speaking as a writer and he's speaking as somebody in the industry who knows how things work a little bit more. It's not just somebody who wrote a blog and sees a movie that has a correlation to their story and then goes and gets irate. Like it's like, he knows that he was sending that story to the one person that would be capable of doing this, you know, like, and it's not something that's uncommon. It's not unheard of. It's been done before, but on this scale, that's a bit rough. And to, to have like Matt Reeves, creativity brought into question is like, you know, also another level, like another layer there, you know, but you know, when I was looking at this and, you know, you see people in the comments who are just like, blah, blah, no, no way. And blah, blah, blah. And what he is saying is like, he's like, no, he's like, so basically here's how I prove it. Right. From a writer's perspective, he's like, I've sent in a story and they might not have wanted it specifically. Right. And he's like, but this is my story. The structure of it is the same. The same motivations, the same characters, the same uh, reimaginings, uh, the same Gotham, the same setting, environment, stuff like that. You know, um, he's like, what? The, what I'm saying is that the the differences between the two scripts is the fact that mine was geared towards an older Batman at the end of his career, and they wanted a new Batman, so they had to make changes that would accommodate it being a young Batman instead of an old Batman. He's like, so instead of it being Barbara Gordon that receives the package, it has to be um, um, 
it has to be, and I got this actually written down here. It says in the second film goes over the differences between the films and how they, they are character comp, uh, compositing of Waz's characters that had to be removed from the film to accommodate a young reboot of the character. Um, the Barbara Gordon one is too young for a young reboot. So Alfred has to receive the bomb and survives instead, which makes sense because Barbara Gordon is younger than, than Bruce Wayne. In this film, Bruce Wayne is too young to have a, a, a Batgirl, you know, bopping around with them already. You know what I mean? Like Watchtower is not in this scenario. So like you have to get rid of Barbara Gordon. So they give the bomb to uh, Alfred who in Matt Reeves story, Alfred, I'm not sure if you remember the beginning of the movie is that the mayor is bludgeoned to death by Riddler, right? In the beginning of the film, um, he's in his, in his like high rise apartment. And then he just gets like murdered uh, in the original script uh, he's claiming that that exact scene was identical uh, but it wasn't the mayor it was alfred that gets bludgeoned to death but yeah there's he's saying that you know they the changes that are there that make the movies different like make the ideas different are basically limited only to the fact that they needed it to be about a younger batman and then the things that he had already written about an older Batman simply couldn't be done because, you know, of the time frame. So they had to change it. But other than that, they didn't. They just made minor alterations and they released it as is. Uh, so he's making the claim, uh, you know, that that Michael Uslan um, feeding and where he fed this this original script to Matt Reeves and said, this is kind of our our, our foundation for this idea. Uh, so kind of go from here, rewrite this. Uh, and then Matt Reeves just took all the credit. Uh, I'm not 100% sold on it. However, I'm a lot more convinced than than most people in those comments. That's for sure. Especially, it's not like he was just sending it to, you know, submissions at, you know, DC, <laughs> DCUniverse.com. You know, and like, you know, you send in the submission, you never hear back, you know, you don't know what happened. And then years later, somebody stole your idea. It's like, this is, he's, he's. He's sending this to the people that would actually go and make this movie. You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't yeah, know. It, it, as someone who's not invested in like this movie or pretty much anything about the situation, it definitely feels, at least with the evidence presented, um, it definitely feels like he is the right. If he can get a good lawyer and get... Um, you know, all of the evidence squared away and then present that in a court, there's a good chance that he'll get some money. That would, I mean, he's asking for a substantial amount, I believe. Uh, I can't, I, don't, I can't say that I read a quote from him stating exactly how much he wanted. However, you know, he drops the whole, you know, the Batman was a billion dollar movie, wink, wink type of shit, you know, so... Uh, we'll see. Uh, this guy has no following, though. Uh, I think I'm one of, like, 210, or we <laughs> are one of his 210 subscribers or what have you. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, very interesting, very spicy. That's a, that's some movie drama right there. But, you know, if, if, you, if you at least understand that industry a little bit, you know, I, I grew up in Los Angeles and... My cousin was a producer growing up and, and that kind of piques your interest and what you, what you learn and what you know about and stuff like that. And, uh, it's rough out there, dude. Ideas get stolen, you know, and the little guy does get dumped on from time to time. <laughs> and what are you going to do? You know, you're just a penciler for DC comic books, dude. Do you think you can stand up to these films? It's a different department. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, like well, that. and here's the other thing. If he created the this idea and concept and screenplay while working for DC, like getting an hourly wage or some type of contract for DC, it is DC's property. So that's the other thing that would be needing to be considered. That is true. And that is something that is stated um, by people in the comments as well. Um, yeah. However, I'm not 100% sure how true that is. Like, I think it's like, it's true as long as the person's credited. Uh, and if the person is, can prove that they did that without being credited, then, you know, it's, it, there's some type of compensation involved. Cause I mean, I there's, mean, there's it, still immediate copyright that takes place when you create something. And just because the, you email the, it to somebody doesn't mean that, you know, a hundred percent of that copyright is transferred. Well, it, emailing it to someone that's, it's still your idea. Yeah. The, if he created it with DC's time and money as an employee of DC oh, back no, in the day, it wasn't. He was a freelancer. Okay. Then so he did this. He did the story. He took advantage of his connects. He tried to push the story through. It never worked out. Yeah. And then, then he sees his movie on the big screen. And is like, what the hell? Yeah. Then if that's the case, I mean, that's that's where we're looking. Like he's going to get compensation. Yeah. Because um, you, you would assume, but it's also Warner Brothers now with with new management i have no idea it's yeah but if if they did do this they'll and he gets enough traction or what have you even if he doesn't get traction this could still be a uh, turn out to be a lot of money for him it may not be you know millions and millions of dollars but it could be you know a couple hundred thousand dollar payout yeah. uh some something i didn't i mean they're there's definitely some points that I left out of here, and there's also some contradictions within the points that I made. Um, but like I said, he did explain the big differences, and the ones that got me were the two that he did say that were that were different. Um, you got Alfred receiving the package and and it not being Barbara Gordon because Barbara Gordon's not in the film, and then um, you know the the age differences and stuff like that. Uh, of that character and why she wouldn't be there is very uh, compelling. Um, also, just the fact that Riddler is a serial killer and Matt and like you know he's a serial killer. That's a a different that's a different vibe. I'm not sure how far they've gone in the comics with with Riddler and like how sadistic he's gotten. I've always kind of kept him in the mind of like a crazy eccentric type. Uh, who never really gets into the murdering game, but, I mean, I could be wrong. There could be some reference in 1989, August of 1989, that I, I missed. Uh, you know, that might explain uh, the inspiration be, be behind him, you know, becoming a mass murderer so flagrantly, you know. So so it, it's like a, it, it's obvious that the Riddler is going to be a serial killer. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't come off to me that way, but yep. he's saying that, you know, that similarity is a bit, a bit weird because, you know, um, also the, the community aspect in, in, in the film, it's definitely like a dark net, um, or dark web type of scenario where he has a live stream and he's talking to his followers and telling him what he's going to do and they're helping him plan it and stuff. And he does re refer to them as, as family and stuff like that. And then you do have the biblical uh, correlations uh, between, you know, the two plagues being used, uh, the terminology of Judgment Day and Armageddon, that type of thing. Um, you know, those are those are things that you lay out in a story. You know, it's like if you're going to write, uh, you know, I've dabbled in writing and um, everybody works differently. But sometimes you just start off with key points. You know, you can do your your 
bubbles on the wall. What are those called? The like the graphs where you start off with a bubble, like a yeah. like a brainstorm type of thing, right? Yeah. So you start off with a Batman, then you know off to the side, and then Riddler's the bad guy. I'm like, well, what's he gonna be? Ah, we'll do him a killer. He's a killer in this, right? And then uh, make him a serial killer, and then it's like. And then you go from there, you know, you start kind of chaining off and you come up with this frame, uh, you know, this uh, of a vehicle, essentially, of, of what you're going to you're going to, you know, uh, finish it out with, you know, what you're going to add on to it. And what he's saying is that the nuts and bolts in the frame of this film are identical. Uh, and, you know, like he might come off a little a little pig headed at times <laughs> in this video. He's a little, a little rough the end he's like you know help stand up for small artists everywhere and blah 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 and all this shit so uh he's got a bit of a vendetta on his own part i mean he's obviously pissed off about it but uh you know from what i heard it's it's compelling there's there's something to be investigated there if that's the case um i want to read the script uh, i think i will read the script and then I'll, maybe i'll talk about it on some extra nerd chatter for our patreon or something like that but uh, I want to read the script, and I want to I want to see exactly how similar it is. The way he's describing things, it seems like a lot of the stuff is also out of order, which, you know, based on what you're seeing, could have big implications on the context of that scene. You know what I mean? Like, just because that's there doesn't mean that it's there because of the same reasons that you had it. And, you know, so uh, we'll look into it. We'll look into it. But, yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, I got the, the, the two videos linked down there in the description under the youtube video so feel free to to give him a view and you know leave leave the guy alone he's he's a, a worker in the industry he works for dc he's given you some 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 beautiful comic artwork and stuff in the past and and he feels cheated so hear him out you know and uh be kind all that good stuff so uh moving on so in uh video game drama embracer group uh, do you know who the embracer group is i have no clue yeah, it's a large conglomerate that they okay. just picked up the rights to uh, Lord of the Rings as well. Oh, that's right. I saw that. We talked okay. about that a few weeks ago about Embracer taking it and they want to blow it out. I have a reference in the roundup to something that they just recently stated as well. Too. But they're big. Well, they're not small. It looks like they've confirmed that uh, our Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake has switched developers completely away from Spire Media. Um so we reported on that a couple of weeks ago now that Aspire uh, basically got the can. They have been, they apparently, Aspire worked on the game for three years. And when they presented a demo earlier this year to Lucasfilm and to the publishers, they basically said it was poo-poo and uh, <laughs> wanted it to be gone. And I mean, they had a couple of big wigs that Aspire fired and kind of big fallout. First and foremost, I want to apologize for my for my friend's harsh language here. We we have outright banned the the use of the of the term poo poo uh, on this stream. Um, no, I, don't be mad. I don't I don't approve of this whatsoever. But uh, also too, I mean, you said that Aspire is like they port games, right? They move they move games over to like Mac and stuff. Yeah. So like um, the original Knights of the Old Republic uh, was released by Bioware. Then they ported it to Mac uh, really early on, and they did the same thing with pretty much all of the the mid two thousand Star Wars games. So like Star Wars Jedi Knight, um, that whole series, um, the second Kotor, uh, I think Republic Commando, and they they I I think they've done a couple others, but 
Um, in the last 10 years or so, they've done a port for the game to um, iOS and Android. So mm. I'm getting vibes of like uh, the company that did the port for the Grand Theft Auto trilogy. Yeah, uh, that yeah, was yeah. a mobile game developer that also I think it was a mobile game developer, but a company that also did ports like that was their thing. And uh, they just they, they couldn't handle it. You know what I mean? It's like you have a, a, a big responsibility if you're going to port or remake something that people already like cherish. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it needs to be better than what the original was. Well, and you know, I mean, at, it, it with the the ports, they provided the functionality just to play the game as it was. Mm. Um, so I mean, like if you if you can, um, I mean, I think you can get the game on iOS on sale for like five bucks every once in a while. Um, I bought it a while back and played it on my iPad. When Which I'm one? Super bored. Kotor. Yeah, the original Kotor. Um, mobile. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, um, it's functional. Uh, nothing gets added. It's the same graphics, the same gameplay, but it's functional to play on an iPad. Hmm. Um, so I, with this project, I think they were trying to change or update the graphics. Because um, if, it, if it was taking them three years um, just to port it, I mean, I mean COVID as well. So I mean, let's I, say a year it and a half. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, it does when it comes it, it to. It does. I mean, like inner interdepartmental like cooperation is incredibly difficult when you go to transfer. I mean, hell, we have a hard time transferring the recordings of this show back and forth. <laughs> like you're talking about gigantic files that need but to be shared. But they would have a system and, for that. Never. Oh like, yeah, but I mean, you know, you know, come on. Uh, I I'm, they should have a system like that, but they also don't want people to be able to work from home. So they gotta they gotta keep reins on that. You know what I mean? They need to be able to crack the whip, and they can't do that remotely. So yeah, I mean I I know you're trying to be more sympathetic, but I have no sympathy for the, <laughs> this right now. Um, so like if if these people had been running on this for three years, and they they showed it to Lucasfilm and the other publishers in such a state where Lucasfilm was so appalled that they forced <laughs> Aspire to fire their, well, like, I can't remember exactly who, was like but, but it was the lead designer or something like the, that. Or the, there's the CCO lead story designer and the, like the art designer. It was like, okay. Um, but it's, this is definitely a remake. So they're probably, I don't know if they were trying to change the story, which would be stupid because it's a great story. What if it was or... like that touch-up, like that painting disaster, like that touch-up job? Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> Jesus or whatever, where it was like horrible afterwards, where they thought it was going to look amazing. And then when they showed him, it was yeah. just all blotchy and nasty. Yeah. I mean, that thing is, like, if I play KOTOR, I'd absolutely want graphic mod. Like, of course, oh, that's yeah. what I want. Actually, that's all I want, <laughs> you know? Like... Well, if there's going to be some type of modification to the gameplay to make it a little more accessible to current day gamers who, you know, need a little more stimulation, oh, yeah. then so be it. But, you know, to be honest, it was just really just a graphics mod that I'm interested in. I mean, yeah, but if, if they're doing a remake, it should be the gameplay um, updated to fit cert, like basically any current Bioware. So have being able to control lightsaber better and not having to pause scroll through your list of attacks <laughs> click it then go i mean yeah. i it better not be something like that i mean i'm i'm more so just willing to embrace the lore i think 
Like I'm, yeah. I'm willing to deal with my my discrepancies in gameplay just so that I could absorb the lore because it's something different. I think that's where I'm at with Star Wars right now. So I'm yeah. willing to play a game I, I probably don't like. I don't like in regards to gameplay, but but will absorb because I want to know those characters and stories and stuff, you know. So yeah, but I mean, if Lucasfilm was appalled and made this all this happen, like something went horribly it was wrong. Bad. It was probably super bad. Yeah, it's probably yeah. like twenty four frames per second and like looked and like it, it was seven twenty instead of like you know four K or yeah. whatever. And like, just it's probably everything bad. Or it was so far behind that they're just like, dude, like. We can scrap this, move it over to somebody else, and get this done by our by our time, if, you know, by our allotted time. If we if we do this now, you know what I mean. And it was probably some type of clause in their agreement where it's like, if you don't hit our deadline, you don't, you know, we, we don't feel that you know it's going to be something that we want. We're going to be able to scrap it, take the work, and move it somewhere else. Which, hey man, I don't know if that's going to be any better either. You know what I mean? Because there's there's that learning curve just because it's made with unreal engine or unity or what have you it's it doesn't mean that it's it's going to be easy to jump in and just like modify they got to get accustomed to how things are set up and if they're making their own engines for things it's like they got to learn those engines and how to modify them and stuff like that but it'd be stupid to make your own engine for something like this i mean hey (laughs) the the rockstar the 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 grand theft auto trilogy was ported into to unreal engine it was i mean unreal engine is pretty great i mean not non comparison there's nothing that compares to rockstar editor when it comes to well, I mean, no but like, i'm just saying rockstar as a plot, world is you can't do anything with that there's nothing that compares so it's like you can't just port that over to unreal like of course unreal is gorgeous unreal 5 is like an inspiration it makes me want to like dedicate every second of my life to learning how to do stuff on that thing but well exactly yeah. but so like the platform itself is really great but it's Maybe not the right choice for certain things. Certain like, things, yeah. Yeah. But in this instance, why not? In KOTOR, like, it would be perfect. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Or maybe maybe they, they did try to make their own deal and it came out clunky, you know? Yep. Um, um, anyway, so there was a, a quote. Um, so it's not 100% confirmed, but it's definitely assumed that one of the group's AAA projects has transitioned to another studio within the group. The company said, this was done to ensure the quality bar is where we need it to be for this title. We're not expecting any material delays for the title based on this uh, transition. I would assume that's KOTOR. Like, they're not going to drop KOTOR. Like, why would they? Like, Well, I mean, that's going to be a lot of money if that's... Yeah, it'd be wasted money, but at the same time, it's like, this is our, this is one of our our golden gooses, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. at the very least, it's our ace in, in the hole, you know? Like, we can... We can definitely tap into this, and if we make people happy with this out the gate, then they're gonna just want more, and and we make money when they want more. You know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's cool. I heard that too, where it was like it's not a hundred percent. It was more so they're just referencing a project that got moved over, which with no details regarding Kotor after it's it's switched to you know indefinite release. You know, it's it's still in in the air. You know, you still don't yeah. know, but you could assume with that. I remember. But I mean, if they are they if they truly transitioned it to another studio, uh, maybe a much better studio in quality. Because um, I mean, Spire again was just doing ports. Um, I mean, I guess I'd have to try those ports and see how they came out. You know I, what I, mean? I mean, it's literally the same game. It's just playable 
either on the Mac platform, Android platform, or iOS platform. There is nothing different. Hmm. I remember playing Counter-Strike on, on Mac, and I don't remember if it was different or not. <laughs> well, at, at, least with, at least with KOTOR. Like, yeah. it, it is the same game. Well, I mean, it could play on mobile, so there's gameplay. no reason why it should be different. Uh, yeah. So. Um, anyway, so, like, the... I don't see how it could be any other game unless they they had two studios fumble two different games, which is highly unlikely. Um, I, I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't say highly unlikely, but at least unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they switch it to another studio, that's going to be um, a much bigger hitter, and they're throwing all the resources at it. I mean, Aspire said it was going to be released late this year. That could still be the case if they are throwing everything, a whole studio, at 100% at it. At the very least, like, you know, a delay wouldn't be that bad because the game oh, has yeah. progressed so far, you know. Yeah, it, I mean, if they um, delay it, I mean, I don't care. As long as it has better gameplay than the original and has good graphics, just, I'd be happy. Just play the original while you wait. Yeah, I mean, and there's mods you can get for their original too. Yeah. It's not Hogwarts Legacy we're talking about here. You know, you don't have to have a heart attack because it's getting delayed. No. No. <laughs> I mean, you can go play the original game for under $10 and enjoy it. Yeah. Okay, so I have a couple other Star Wars related things that I want to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. First up, a a leaker um, known as Dan RPK or Daniel Richtman um, who's had some pretty okay-ish accuracy. He's uh, fumbled the ball on a couple things, but has hit the mark on uh, quite a bit of things. He stated on his Patreon page that uh, Book of Boba Fett uh, Season 2 is happening and is in some type of story writing. Um, so we'll see what happens there. A true travesty, to be honest. Well, <laughs> I, I yes, but I think that there's some um, I mean, room I think, to yeah, it's make, got wiggle room. I, I, there's room to make Boba Fett badass again. Yeah, that's what that's what we worse. need in our life. <laughs> it can't get any worse. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, there's there's you can only go you can only go up from here. You know. So. Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah. Uh, do you have any response to that other than that? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, it is what it is. The the the, the floating Vespas ruined that show, and the fact that yeah. half of the series was not even. I mean, I I don't know because. For randomly, I, I I watch the reactions. It's something that I recommend you do too. If you, if you enjoyed certain scenes from movies and stuff, is watch people's reactions on YouTube. But uh, I watch people's reactions to the Luke Skywalker scene again, and um, how heavy their reactions were at the end of that scene, the elevator. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was getting choked up just like watching that imagery. You know, it was it was done so so meticulously. And just precise, you know, it was just yes. done with precision. <laughs> well, knew, and they knew that what they were scene doing. was done with such care by people that loved yeah. all of the characters involved. So, I mean, it the scene itself was really great. Yeah. Um, I don't like the, the music that was chosen for when he exited. I don't like it, it was too... I, I, I can go into that quite a bit. Yeah. I just think it could have been a little more epic, but it was yeah. more like you know stoic and and whimsical and it's like eh, like I'm, I'm i don't need him to have that ray type of whimsical so i want it to be this is this is jedi master luke you know he's finally here type thing but uh you know, the scene itself was sick however what I'm, what I'm getting at is that there was so much weight in that scene that me watching that now 
and being like, okay, this was the last of the Mandalorian episodes. It's like if I was watching this show and this was the end of the season, this is where my emotions would be at, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then I was kind of deflated when I, you know, dug in my brain and was like, oh, all of this has already been deflated and resolved through different show, you know? And I blame Boba Fett for that. You know what I mean? I, it's like, obviously Boba Fett could be a show. It could be done well. It could be done a lot better. However, it seemed like it was purely a vessel to ruin the weight of that last scene from, from the end of, of Mandalorian. I know that sounds probably a little bit harsh to you, but that's just kind of how my brain calculates it. It's well, like, I, I understand. I, um, I anticipate that, that first episode a little bit less is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yes, I, I definitely understand like where you're coming from. Um, going back to, you know, when we first saw that, um, you know, Book of Boba Fett was going to be coming out next December or whatever at the end of season two, you know, right after the end credits and everything. Yeah. Um, everywhere online, all of the leakers, all of the, anyone that had any insider information was saying it's Mandalorian season 2.5 all across the board. Yeah. And, and that, so I went into that, um, like expecting that and that's what we got. Um, I mean, I wasn't hyped enough about the boat. I was spiteful at the existence of the Boba Fett series, let alone looking for like leaks about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's like, I understand the con. We mentioned this in our, in our star very first episode, the star Wars catch up, but yeah. you know, I were aware that there's the, the, the page out of the comic book or the, the few pages out of the comic book where he escapes the, the sandworm and he, you know, he has his methods of getting out and it's somewhat similar and, you know, there's, there's correlations there and it could be argued, but I don't know. It, it seemed like like they were we went over that double dipping you know and yep um well, and I, I definitely i understand the their their writing logic on where you know this person has to show up because he's the this and this and this or this character can't show up and um i understand their logic i just feel like they could have been a little bit more bold about a few things yeah moving on to the next one because i have several um, you know who Christopher Lloyd is? Oh yeah, Doc Brown. Yeah, yeah. So um, he was—I don't know if he was at a convention or just some type of speaking event—but someone asked him um, that they, because there's been rumors going around that he's in Mandalorian season three, and he does not deny it. And he like, you know, gives some hints and uh, winks and everything. It's—I don't know. I, I think it's pretty likely that hmm. he will be there. Um, I have no clue what type of character. It would be kind he's of funny. Not, if, I mean, even with makeup, he's not going to come off like clean cut enough to be like some imperial officer or something. No, like I don't that. think he's going to be an imperial officer. What I would really like, and this is just me, um, if he like was a some type of really old Mandalorian, you take off his hat like helmet, and he just like looks completely disheveled from wearing a helmet his whole life, and um. He's just a little bit cuckoo. I mean, I mean, he he looks pretty rough for his age. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> so he's definitely. I mean, he's looked sure. rough since he looked ever. the same age since Back to the Future, and then he like, hit a wall, and now he definitely looks old. But yeah, yeah. he might play some type of like you know OG. Um, yeah. You know, maybe he's some type of rebel uh, character or, um, 
you know, maybe he's a pilot. Wouldn't that be dope? Yeah, <laughs> Doc I mean, Brad it would. is just an, ex, an X-Wing pilot, and it's just some small little cameo, and you're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it'd be really funny if on the X-Wing there was some, like, reference to Back yeah, uh, to the Future like on it. Yeah, his number or something like that. Yeah. It's like the numerical versions of BTTF or something. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I mean... There's yeah, you can speculate for for ages on that one. I mean, I'm a, I'm assuming he's gonna be some type of like, um, like NPC type character. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna be some character that they go and talk to or something like that. You know? And yeah, I think that's pretty from, likely. You know, some type of. I don't think they're gonna go. <clears throat> they're not gonna try to make him as close. You know, they're not gonna try to make him close to Doc Brown. You know, some eccentric, oh, no. wild. Maybe maybe they'll typecast him, but. Uh, they'll probably make him some more stoic. I mean, man, the, Roger Rabbit alone, dude. Like his acting yeah, yeah, in Roger yeah. Rabbit alone is so completely different from, uh, you know, Doc Brown that it's like he's got some range. So, so you know, so what if he like poses as this, you know, innocent threat, kind of a little loony, crazy, but is really just like, you know, the the tune dipping in acid, dude. You know, <laughs> the, the just dip. completely. Yeah. Um, off the rails and i mean we're pretty sure moff gideon's gonna get um broken out of jail what if he's the the, the lure or something to do with that yeah. just a thought yeah it could be i but, mean that's uh, cool give him some work i'm yeah, down for but, it but uh you know he'll definitely be flying a mandalorian <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean you know it's he's been doing a lot of commercials and stuff like that you know uh older actors they need to get some some paychecks you know yep so I'm, I'm down for it. You said you had yeah. one more? Uh, I have a couple still. No. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, this next one is going to be pretty straightforward. So the Acolyte TV show, um, right now there it's being speculated that it's before. Well, I mean, we pretty, we're pretty sure that it's about 50 years before The Phantom Menace as far as the timeline goes. Is Acolyte the kids show one? No. Oh, there's no kids show one coming out. There's the one with kids, but it's not a kid show. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, I know. Right, dude, you shill. Oh, uh, shut this up. This message is brought to you by <laughs> <laughs> okay, Walt let, let me finish. Let me finish here, okay? Yeah. So um, there has been some um, definite leaks going on with the Acolyte. One of them, I think, is the most probable out of the ones, and I just want to comment on it, that there's a good chance that we will be seeing the Mune homeworld. Um I, I don't I don't know how to pronounce it, but I think it's Scipio. Scipio. Um, the Mune. What? Yes. Um, you know the intergalactic banking clan that uh, that they're in episode two. They have the really really tall like heads. Yeah. And yeah 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 yeah. Um, there is a particular character. The ones with in, the sharp teeth. Uh, I can't and, remember like, the black eyes. Teeth. Their pale um, skin. The one that everyone meets on the platform or whatever? No, that is uh, Utapalan. Mm. So this, our Munes, are like really tall, really thin, tall heads, um, kind of lanky looking creatures for humanoids. Um, but there's a particular character from Legends who is immune that um, has a great um, impact in Legends. And... Um, he goes by the name Higo Damask, if you know who that is. Um, do you? No. You need to read the book. Listen to the book. <laughs> you watch Star Batman. <laughs> How about that? You asked me to read a book. 
watch a movie. How about that? Okay. Well, it's <laughs> it's Darth Plagueis. So there's a good chance that really? we... Really? Yes. There's a good... If, if they keep Darth Plagueis as immune as he was in Legends, we could be seeing him and the home world of the Munes, which would be really cool. Mm. Yep. Anyways... So that's another one. I have two more now. I'm so sorry. There's just so much. They might be dipping into Plagueis a little bit more. That'd be nice. Yeah, I I, I really hope so because at this point in time, um, it would be very logical for Plagueis to be the apprentice. Um, you know, the, the, the rule of two and everything. Yeah. Or getting ready to be the master or just becoming the master. Um, I mean, I do like the ambiguity as well. I'm I'm kind of torn on that one to be honest. But yeah, um, I guess when I read the book, I'll I'll I actually do need to listen to Plagueis. I have it, and I only have a couple more weeks on it, or a week or so. Yeah, so yeah, I need yeah, to listen yeah, to yeah. it. Okay, so this next one is a little bit of uh, Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, um, all kind of thrown in there. So on September 9th, which is ex- like that is a part of uh, D23, so Disney's big show and tell convention um there's going to be a disney and marvel show games showcase where they're going to be releasing information on new properties um and lucasfilm games will also be there and it is rumored that there's going to be announcing or showing content for some of the games that have been on the docket for a while then also um maybe announcing some new stuff and dlc so we'll see battlefield 3 I'm uh, sorry, uh, Battlefront 3. Battlefield 3. Jesus. Uh, it's not going to happen at this yeah. point. Um, DICE and EA have thoroughly bungled that up. I mean, DICE didn't really do an issue. It's all EA's doing, and it was all, per- like... If people were to play that game right now like it was a new game, people would be so satisfied with it. Oh, yeah. It was EA's greediness that they got in the way. The problem is that DC, or that DICE is the company that needs to make that game. Yes. Like, they I, are I ca- very capable. Those two games are super good, you know? Like, it, it was the management behind it that, that is the issue. You know what I mean? It's not like a cyberpunk-type situation where the game is ass, and it was because of management. This was, like, a good game that was made to look like ass because of bad management. So, that, I just, I don't know, whatever. Well, I know that I mean, they've bungled it. They don't have the, the exclusivity rights with, with Lucas. I mean, Lucas Arts is back. Well, you know, it's the Lucasfilm game Games. Is it yeah. Lucasfilm Games? I thought it was Lucasfilm. Yeah, it's Lucasfilm Games now. Oh, whatever. They they want to differentiate from the last few Lucas uh, Arts games, which were complete poo poo. <laughs> what? I, I already banned that. Oh my god! I need that shock button we were talking about. <laughs> you ain't it's, gonna shock me. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like you know, I I I feel for the developer because you know. Well, and I definitely feel for the them. developer too. Um, however, if we look at DICE's recent, and we can probably point the finger at EA, I can, let me, I just want to preface this, but if we look at their recent track record, Battlefield's it, super bad. <laughs> I mean, Battlefield's awful and it took, um, for Battlefield five and Battlefield one, it took like a six months for both of those games to not be buggy and yeah. truly playable and fun. Yeah. So, I mean... I mean, I don't, I don't, I, like I said, I think we can blame EA for putting unruly timelines on DICE instead of just letting DICE, you know, create. 
You give it to Infinity Ward. Oh, that would be. That's a- who you give Battlefront Three to is Infinity Ward, because they can even make COD playable. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. the way COD works is they have a number of different. I mean, you know this probably, but they have a series of developers that cycle releases. So it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. every three years, Infinity Ward will release a COD, and then same thing with. Um, you know uh, what would happen? Activision? No, who is it that made? Uh, yeah. Or- um, it's Infinity Ward, and then it's um, I don't even know. I don't even care about. Kyle I, I know. I know what you're talking. You know about. what I mean, though. There's like, there's a series, not every one. So whenever whenever the like the Modern Warfare game came out as an Infinity Ward game, you're like, oh, holy shit, that's the one that has really good you know uh, mechanics everything. and handling and all that stuff. You know, so yep. you give them, and they make it look pretty. The new Modern Warfare, the MW2, looks so sexy, bro. Like you have well, to look and at I it. played the the last there the. I can't remember if it was the remake or the whatever Modern Warfare that they came out a couple years ago. Yeah. I really liked that game. I played yeah. a lot. And um, it looked good. It had a little bit of armor action. With the bullet like mechanics ABCs. were a lot more realistic and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, given your tryhard still ruined the game. The, the, well, yeah. But the, still, it was, it was like, it brought me back to like classic Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, There's supposed to be another, you know, reinvention of that series yeah. with this new one. It's supposed to get even better, so Good. you should look at the the, the trailer. But I, I think I've watched it. It's just been a while. That's my um, that's my opinion, though. Is that given Fanny Ward Battlefront? Well, but you know what would happen? It would be Call of Duty Star Wars. I'm so far down. That sounds so good. I, I mean, it does. <laughs> that sounds but so good. They would need to increase the scale. Like, I mean, they've been doing that with uh, Warzone and all that is increasing their scale, but they would really need to do that for everything with that game, because, yeah. I mean, that's what Dice does. Yeah, it's I mean, with, but with Star Wars, I mean, you never think of like a twelve on twelve little match. You know, it's always like you have a yeah. hundred thousand clone troopers you have four hundred thousand battle droids and they're just running at each other like, and oh, then you also have I mean, the aerial fight above you and oh and yeah all that stuff yeah so if they can do that right i'd be totally down and i think just given time and enough money it'd be good yeah done so the last thing i have is uh some kind of spicy news mandalorian season four is listed on production weeklies for september 2022 so, I mean, we don't even see, I mean, Mandalorian Season 3 isn't even out yet. And um, also listed on this production weekly is Andor Season 2, which is in November, which has been confirmed by multiple sources, at least the Andor part. So, which makes me believe that this is more than likely true. When does Mando Season 3 drop? <laughs> Not till late. Really? Yeah, let me, let me double no? check. Looks like uh, February of 2023. Mm. Damn, it's been a minute. Yeah. So if, if this is truly the case, I think what we're going to see is um, we're going to get through um, season three. We're going to have Ahsoka fo- like almost directly following that. Then we're going to get into season four. And if mm. that's going to be the case, I mean... Uh, when they announced Ahsoka, and I mean, there was the, the Rangers of the High Republic, which has been scrapped because that was going to be Cara Dune's show. I think it's going to, we're going to have a big culminating thing and maybe a movie. Maybe we're going to hear some stuff at D23 in a couple of weeks. Um, that'd be really cool. Maybe. But there is culmination, and 
integration plan between these properties. Maybe Book of Boba Fett will be, uh, I mean, they're definitely going to be intertwining. I mean, we had Ahsoka and Mando both in that. So, I mean, it would make sense. It'd be kind of weird to, to pivot into a movie just because of the two budgets. Like yeah, the, it, the film budget would be noticeably different than the, the, the show and the show being something that would be consistent. It's kind of like remind me, I, it would remind me of like the Simpsons movie when they released the Simpsons movie and yeah, like, I, it looked I don't extra think they polished would... <laughs> weird. And then you go back to the show and it looked normal and you're like, eh. I don't think that they would, um, at least for this type of thing, I think they would use the same methods that they have been using to do the movie. I don't think there's any reason for them to change what they're doing as far as their um, anything. But I don't want to. What I would really like is um, not a movie, but have like some type of culmination series where you have Mando, you have Ahsoka, you have Luke, if we want, or whoever else they want to drag in for the member berries, but have it all in one series. I think that would be yeah. fun. Um, but they would they have to have a big bad they have their to have own, their own justice league well yeah i mean they have to have a justifiable big bad and the only one that we know of right now in universe that we know or we think is alive is grand admiral thrawn so i think that would make sense because he is freaking scary like if you are going up against him it's not a good day for you <laughs> i mean we'll see you never, you can never tell with with all this stuff going on with Disney no. and, and Star Wars. So, but one can always hope. Yeah. So that's uh that's pretty much what we got. We got Batman possibly stolen and the idea, and then we got some some juicy Star Wars news. But I have a list of things that we'll go through in the Twitter roundup. I'm gonna try to make it quick because we're already about an hour or so. Uh, trying to keep these shows uh, short, but you know we like to ramble on a bit. Um, Just a little. Something that I want you to try, and you can you can head on over to it right now. Uh, I don't know if you're looking at the run of show, but I'll send this link to you. Um, this will have you join the Discord. You just click join the beta, and then it'll just have you log in with Discord. And then you go to one of the newbie rooms and just check out the art. And what this is is Mid Journey bot, uh, and it's basically like Dolly, but it's a it's a Discord bot where. Uh, you go into the newbie room after you sign up for the for the the beta. Type in right slash imagine, and it'll give you a prompt square. And then you type out whatever you want, and it will generate four images uh, as detailed as possible. And then you can choose one of the four, or two of the four, or all of them, uh, for it to then use as a variation. So you can it'll make four different variations or ideas based around that one picture that you chose. Uh, and then once you choose a design you like, you can choose to upscale one of those four images and it'll render it even further into a more complete image. And some of the artwork that's coming out of this thing, absolutely phenomenal, like insane, like nonstop bangers. <laughs> this thing, it's like I've, I messed with Dali, uh, which I, it, it became something else, but <clears throat> all these AI generated like art uh, bots and stuff like that. They're always kind of cool, but this one is like the first one that like just blew my socks off. Like absolutely stunning. Have you seen it? I have not at all. I'm joining the that right now. Yeah, we'll get your we'll get your live uh, response, and you can see kind of how it works. You see similar images because like when it you you tell it to do something, it starts generating it. Um, the image is blurry oh and it gets clearer and clearer. My 
Gosh. Uh, and then you'll have the U1, U2, U3. That's upscale. And then the V is variation. And it's 1, 2, 3, 4 from top left to bottom right. So you can choose to var make variations of it. Uh, the one thing with this bot, though, is that it is limited to a certain amount of tries that you get until you're prompted to subscribe. Um, however, it is very, 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 very cool. Uh, and me, what I'm using it for, I like gorgeous colors and, and transitions and, and just designs and shapes uh, that I'm just I'm using them as references, you know, I'm making a nice little folder of these these AI generated art pieces and uh, that I can dig through. It's like I want a nice transition from pink to aqua, you know, aquamarine and stuff like that. And it's like here's 50 different examples that this AI came up with of, of just that, you know what I mean? So I can kind of take the shapes and kind of work with it and use it as inspiration. So uh, something that I recommend, we'll have the link down in the description, but mid journey bot, uh, what do you think? I, I'm, I mean, just looking through some of the stuff that's on here, I am thoroughly impressed. Super crazy. I, right? I mean, I, the, there's other art bots that I've seen online the nowhere near this detailed. Yeah. Uh, the first one that I did was, uh, right slash imagine space Sith Lord Jar Jar Binks stands oh, no. over the bodies of Jedi in a desolate wasteland battlefield. And what did it uh, come up with? Moody, dark, gritty. You know, I just did that like that type of stuff. Uh, it came up with a character that was a rough shape of Jar Jar Binks in a robe, a black robe, standing in what could be perceived as a as a as a barren like battlefield with bodies laying around and stuff like that uh, nothing quite detailed and it couldn't get his face just right but the the general shape of it and the colors of it it definitely got it on point um, but what other people are doing if you watch because each one of the submissions it shows you what they've what they wrote to get that result you can kind of mimic that type of idea and just let it work the less specific you are the better you know what i mean like if i put like you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, riding a unicorn on the face of the, of the moon, you know what I mean? Like, it'll be pretty hard for it to get the face right, to get the environment right and all that. It'll come up with a moon, probably something the shape of a unicorn, and then it'll end up looking kind of like an oil painting, but uh, very, very gorgeous. Uh, some of the stuff, I mean, you could tell it retro design. It'll come out looking like designs from the 70s and the 60s and stuff, you know what I mean? So, uh, very cool. Check it out. Mid Journey Bot. Uh, enjoy your dozen or two dozen attempts because everybody I've shown it to is like immediately addicted. Um, next one here, per variety, <clears throat> many WB employees believe the studio didn't do enough to protect Walter Amata after he received death threats and harassment from Zack Snyder fans. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> do you think that's Who, believable? Who's Walter Hamada? Walter Hamada is the president of DC since 2018. He handled the DCEU. If I'm not mistaken, uh, the Snyder Cut was under his rule, but none of the other DC films were. Because so I think maybe Justice League, but BVS, I think, came out in like 2016. <clears throat> Justice League came out like a couple years later. So I think he, Amada was coming in right around the end of there. And his response with what they perceive to be responsible is kind of the tumultuous... Uh, you know, ongoings between Zack Snyder and, and Warner Brothers. Um, Walter Amada is also the one that testified in the Johnny Depp case when he was talking about Amber Heard uh, and, and, you know, why she was, you know, kind of uh, reduced as a role in the second Aquaman and stuff like that. He was the one on, on, on camera answering questions. Interesting. Um, 
But what do you think? I mean, is that believable? I think uh, damn right it's believable. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there, there's so many... I don't, I don't know how many Zack Snyder fans there are, but the ones that do truly exist are terrifying because they will create bots on bots on bots and yeah. just throw so much mud at the wall that there's no more wall it's just mud yeah i've seen i've seen the way they kind of operate too and a lot of them kind of called arms you know what's going to be our next campaign you know blah, blah blah they take pride in the fact that that what they're doing to the normal person and these companies they consider harassment you know what i mean like they don't appreciate it they don't they don't consider it cute fan engagement uh they consider it more of like sadistic um you know harassment it's it's way too much for adults to be this this concerned about something like this you know what i mean uh it's not right not normal <laughs> it's not healthy so they you know um they perceive their actions as just and good you know what i mean so yeah uh, they that's... they do feel that they're they're stoning uh, uh, a heretic you know what i mean yeah and when you feel that way in such vitriol yeah it, it, that that's dangerous Mm-hmm. Like I mean, legitimately we're, dangerous, you know. Yeah, I mean, we're we are literally seeing that with other things that we will not comment on <laughs> yes. uh, in the real world. But I mean, it's just yeah. like it's dangerous. It is. It, it's always bad. It's never. It's never good. Uh, and the results, you know, the the ends don't justify the means. Um, yep. You know, Agreed. That's just not how it goes. Uh, the next one here, Kung Fu Panda Four announced for 2024. I've never. Those seen are just it. fun little. <laughs> I've never seen it. That's Jack Black, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I would definitely watch the first one. The other ones are meh. I might have um, to with like the kid, but that's yeah. not going to be something I want to sit down and watch for sure. But yeah, I figured there'd be some nerds out there who who have some fond memories of that back in the day and be like, oh, well, I'd watch that, or have kids now and be like, oh, I'm gonna have them watch that. You know, I'll watch that with them. Uh, yeah. That type of thing. So that one's for you. Uh, and this one's for me and my like. PJ Tour 2K23 announced. Teaser showing a player putting on a green with jerky hand movement, as per usual, uh, sporting a pair of Nike Jordans and a tightless Scotty Cameron. Uh, teaser ends with a date, August 22nd, uh, where it was later clarified that info on the new title would be shown on that date. It's not the release date, but, um, you know, we all know what Jordans are. That's, uh, there's, you know, okay, so basically, and you don't play golf games. I wish you did, because me and my buddy used to play pj tour on stream and it was just funny like just pretending like it was a tournament and sucking ass but um the game came out so basically the, you you grew up as well i'm sure remembering ea sports you know oh yeah it's ea sports it's in the game, <laughs> in the game. um and then you have you know pga tour you know pga tour you know ea's pga tour tiger woods pga tour 2008 2009 2012 master's edition master's edition uh 2014 you know and then so on and so forth eventually roy McElroy, once tiger hit his little shaky ground with you know a little crazy shit um ea dropped him stupid um, and they went and they tried to swoop up Rory, Rory McElroy, which was kind of like the next Tiger Woods. Didn't end up being, but it was like a young kid who was inspired by Tiger Woods and then ended up being like good friends with Tiger Woods when once he made it, you know, like his dream. Um, he became the face of the sport or the, the game, the sport games. And then uh, that lasted one year before they just scrapped PGA Tour. Right? The whole game was gone. The licensing was gone, I believe. I might not be 100% accurate on that. However, they weren't producing 
PGA Tour games anymore for the first time in like 20 years. Uh, me personally, I golf since I was eight. I've taught professionally. I've competed professionally. Uh, competed amateurly as well. Um, you know, I, I, I lived and breathed the game, including playing these video games. I mean, in high school, I would pay, play shotgun 18 holes before school in the morning just so that I can get in the mood to, to compete in the afternoon, you know, for high school. And um, it was just common for me to be about these golf games. And then there was a, uh, <clears throat> like a side developer, some no-name developer that came up with their golf simulator, which was the golf club, TGC. I think it was like TGC 19 and TGC 2018 or something like that. Um, it was more realistic. It was less showy. Uh, EA Sports was very, like, boastful, you know, it was kind of comfortable with what it was. This one was more of, like, um, the menus were very bland and plain. It wasn't very showy with, like, graphics or anything. It was, like, elevator music in the menus. It was very quiet. You know, it was, they were trying to go for that type of simulation, you know, so, um, it was whatever. The mechanics weren't as, as honed out as they were for EA for all those years. Um, a little bit more simulator simulator esque in the sense that they're a lot more sensitive, uh, so it didn't catch on like EA Sports did. Um, but what happened was 2K <clears throat> went and purchased that company. <clears throat> then they got the rights from PGA to then go and start making their own PGA games, which is when we got PGA Tour uh, 2K21. Um, that game was a near identical port of the golf club. Uh, 2019 I believe it was uh, they just added some brands some courses they had to get rid of some courses because they had to start paying licensing licensing fees for these courses uh, that's another thing you know in those old games is that you would have these incredible golf courses uh, that you would just dream of playing on but EA was paying for the rights for those those courses you know for you to actually be able to play on them and uh, TGC just didn't have that clout so a year a year break uh, and, you know, in that meantime, you have 2K21 getting, you know, golf club packs and DLC and here and there and stuff like that. And uh, one brand that was never in the game was uh, Titleist. Another one was Jordan. Uh, this goes back to any golf game. Titleist is I'm not going to say it's like the poshest, but it's the posh of like your name, like main name brands. You know, uh, for golfers out there, you have TaylorMade, you have Ping, you have... Uh, I'm not sure if Adams Golf is around anymore. Actually, I don't think so. But you have um, um, Nike's gone too. But you have TaylorMade, you have Titleist, you have Ping, uh, you know, you have Callaway, you have a number of these large brands. Uh, and then you have some smaller brands and stuff like that. So uh, either EA never wanted to pay for the licensing fees for Titleist um, or Titleist just didn't. They're just so posh and old school that they didn't want anything to do with these silly video games. Um, but... For 2K21, Titleist finally, for the first time in ever, released their clubs into the game. Um, it was a certain number of clubs, you know, not every every club ever in existence, but a, a couple of the newer clubs, and people were stoked, you know. And because because Titleist owns FootJoy, which is a brand that makes incredibly expensive golf clothes, FootJoy was in the game as well, and that that appeased people too because it's like, oh my god, you know, like this is cool, you know. I own those shoes. Those shoes cost me $300, you know? So like, um, there's one sub brand of Titleist and it's their putters. Uh, that's Scotty Cameron. Scotty Cameron is a, a club designer. I think he worked with, with Karsten 
in the 70s or 80s or something like that and he designed the he helped design some of the more popular styles of putters that have just become commonplace in today's day and age and he makes incredibly expensive and sometimes incredibly rare super posh putters um, under the Titleist brand but under his name Scotty Cameron uh, those putters range from like 300 to 500 dollars and then he does like limited releases once a month where those putters can get up to 10 15 20 thousand dollars just because they're the only ones in existence and he made them by hand you know so um big news with that one for the golfers out there scotty cameron the brand is going to be in the game so you'll be able to get some really super dope golf clubs uh and a presumably titleist as well maybe they'll expand on some older golf clubs uh, and then you get the Footjoy uh, clothes, maybe some Titleist clothes, which are even more expensive. And when I say expensive, it's like $150, $200 for a polo shirt. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's, <laughs> it's a, it's like you, to see this brand in there, you're like, oh, whoa. But then, then, yeah, you have the Jordans, which same thing, Nike, right? And they have their sub brand, which is Air Jordans. Um, he's standing there and he's putting, and I think like Jordan, I think they're Jordan 7s or Jordan 14s or something like that. Uh, they're the ones that have the little rubber cobweb bits over, bits over where the top laces are. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's like a lot of stuff in that little like five second clip that they have on that one. And I talked about that for probably way too long. But um, one thing that I did notice is that the movement with the character is a little bit jerky that I mentioned there. Uh, so that might be uh, a little bit less appealing for some of the people that have been waiting for two years for what would typically be for a 2K title and a yearly release, right? Like any other 2K game. Um, they took a year off, so everybody's kind of hoping that uh, it's going to be polished and a little bit different and, and not the same. Uh, they do have the rights for Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods has signed on for it. He's not going to be associated with EA because they screwed him over, uh, but he will be involved with 2K. So uh, we shall see. But August 22nd, not too long, a few days from now. Uh, so definitely check that out. Keep your ear to the ground. Maybe type in 2K23 and see what pops up on that day for uh, for YouTube. Uh, nice. Next one here, um, I mentioned somewhat WB Discovery uh, lays off 70 staffers as they shut down the HBO reality department. Oh, shucks. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense though, right? I mean, yeah. This, that is what Discovery does. And, you know, it's they're not going to need two of those departments. No, and, and I mean, the HBO reality stuff has been laughable. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got another note down here too. HBO Max clearing uh, house by removing 36 titles, including 20 originals, uh, a lot of animations, a lot of one-offs, like weird yep. stuff. And it's like, I don't know how, why they're, to me, it would be like, unless you're paying for rights to like have it there, anything and everything is what you want. You know what I mean? You want the thing cram packed with, with as much content as you can get. Um, it's like some of the stuff that's on there too. It's like, that's not poor quality, you know, like it leads me to believe that because some of them are TV shows and you know, a number of them are TV shows that they're going to move them over to discovery and they're not going to be on HBO. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you know, we'll see. That's, that's part of it. A whole lot of, of ruffling of feathers in, in, in WB right now, for sure. New, new Lord of the Rings game to be set in the literary middle earth rather than the films. <clears throat> this is a, if I'm not mistaken, uh, an open world. So you'll be able to traverse. Let, let's uh, not tell my wife, please. <laughs> Why, bro? Like, <laughs> She'll disappear you, for months. Would you disappear with her, bro? Get that game. 
That sounds good to me. I mean, I mean, there. I've seen so many different maps of of Middle Earth. Uh, yeah. You know, when when referencing the the Tolkien work is like, I don't even know what they're talking about. I mean, I didn't get this perception that that the the landscape in the films were dramatically different. You know. Yeah, I mean, my wife literally took a Lord of the Rings college course. For <laughs> um, so like writing and stuff? Like for the books and like, all of that. Well, I mean, if it's like world building and like, you know, you're stuttering, studying the writing, Tolkien is kind of a G when yep. it comes to that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I'm actually really happy for her because she, she likes open world games. And if it's Lord of the Rings set in the literary universe, I mean, she's going to go ham on that. Uh, I'm so I'm super down for an open world game, and uh, like I said, I mean it's it's not going to be to me. I mean maybe it is. I, I maybe it's maybe it's something that I'm not even aware of. Maybe people that ask your wife how different the the, the Middle Earth is in the movies compared to the books, because I'm I'll actually ask. interested in that. Yeah, next time, and that's a serious one. Ask her. It's like, do you are you aware of there being any dramatic differences? Well, she would know. Um, next one, Dwayne Johnson. The person potentially positioned to guide the direction of the DC film universe in some way feels Marvel and DC should cross over someday. Quote, I am optimistic. Just my nature is optimistic. And especially when it comes to creative, especially when it comes to movies, and especially when it comes to the pantheon of DC superheroes and supervillains. Across the street, we have the pantheon of superheroes and supervillains of Marvel. To me, they cannot only exist, but they should, in my mind, cross paths one day. Well, and I mean, I think he's thinking about it from a money and how can we advertise DC really well. Well, let's piggyback off of what Marvel's done. I, I, I think it's a cheap move, and I don't think it's, I don't think Marvel will do it because DC hasn't shown that it's worthy to do so. Maybe in ten years from now, that might change. Um, this is PR talk, you know, they got a yeah. lot of money over there. We like money too. Hell yeah. We should absolutely get exactly. them on screen together. It's like, shut up. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's all, that's all it is. I have pandering. In, in my box over there. I have, it's called the, uh, amalgam universe. And, uh, I have a comic over there. It's called dark claw. Uh, I forget the earth. I typed it in, um, but it's literally a, a, a culmination of Batman and Logan. The character is a, a mashup of um, Batman and Wolverine. It is literally like Batman that kind of looks like Wolverine, but with claws and they're retractable and all that shit. Um, I have another comic that I think was like Superboy and Spider-Man. Uh, I have another comic in there. There was a period of time in the 90s where there was an offshoot publisher that had rights shared between DC and, and Marvel to where they could make these one-off comics and they were super goofy. And then the planet, like the, the earth earth, like earth 616 type thing. You know, I think this one's like earth 96, 32 or something. Uh, it got destroyed and like disappeared. So it no longer exists, but there was a period of time where they did do that. And you know, it's like, no dude, it's like for one thing, of course you would <laughs> like, of course DC would, you know, like Marvel, Marvel can release crap and people will, will consider it banger. You know what I mean? Like there's some stuff questionable that's coming out where it's like, yeah, you might give that a C, you know what I mean? Might a low B on that one. Well, uh, but people I mean, are treating them like they're just as good as, as winter soldier and Avengers civil war. And it's like, bro, like chill out, chill out, chill out. Well, 
Yeah, um, I mean, speaking of that, tomorrow, oh, I mean, on the 19th, today's the 18th, um, She-Hulk coming out. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't the 19th? I thought it was today. Was it today? I think it was the 18th. It's either asked, today asked, or tomorrow. I asked my chick uh, if she wanted to watch it, and she said, yeah, so I can't watch it. Um, I could bring it up right now, but... Uh, I'm opening up Disney I Plus to see if it, it's... It. I'm already opening it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, every Hulk. Thursday. Yeah. Okay, Thursday. look at that. Um, Just in, She-Hulk playing now. Supposedly, they went back and did some stuff with, with She-Hulk. They said that um, it didn't take them very long to realize that they were not very good at writing very entertaining and like enthralling courtroom scenes. Like, they just weren't those types of writers. Uh, so that's like a bit of a mayday for me. <laughs> I have no idea what it's like. Okay. So you chose the version of She-Hulk that's a lawyer, but you don't know how to write like courtroom scenes. Like, oh no, like what's this going to be? So yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, that is out and you can go check it out now. Uh, I saw people's opinions. I think it got a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it is certified. Um, Let's see Doc what the fans say in a week. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it too. I mean, with the chick, uh, it's really however long the baby will let us watch it by this point. Uh, moving on, Doctor Who to cross over with Magic the Gathering with Ugh. new commander decks and booster packs. Okay, so I, I casually play Magic <laughs> the Gathering. Like I've noticed over the last, uh, I don't know, probably year or so that they've been doing some um, collaborations. They they just finished one with um, Dungeons and Dragons. But with Doctor Who, I mean, that's that's pulling some I can totally money see strings. D &D. I could totally see D&D. Yeah, you know and I mean? they, if they anything, it. it seems like one was an inspiration for the other. Oh, 100%. I mean, magic would be you know, inspired by D&D yeah. for sure. And, and that all of that makes sense, but Doctor Who? I mean... I mean <laughs> it's a bit goofy. That's why I had to put it in here. I was like, do yeah. you right now? I like I will, Doctor Who too, but this, I'll have uh, to look over the the decks and see the new cards that they come out with, and <laughs> who knows? My wife is a Doctor Who's fan too, so I might have to get her a deck. I mean, they're fun, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're fun episodes, I should say. You know, they're they're just, I mean, not the old ones, but um, you know, when Voldemort was did that one season when they rebooted the show, that was pretty good. And then uh, Ralph Phineas. Yeah, he was nice. he was the uh, the first Doctor. When the show rebooted, okay, uh, and okay. then it went to, um, I don't think I forget because they 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 swapped quite a few there for a bit. And then at one point it was, um, um, the guy from Lord, um, Harry Potter, the son that is, um, Mad Eye Mooney. Yeah, um, I know exactly actor. who you're he, talking he about. He plays yeah. the Doctor as well. David too. Tennant. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so, you know, some have some heavy hitters on that show. So, you know, show us some respect. Um, however, it doesn't belong in <laughs> Magic the Gathering. It's very interesting that it's there. So that's why I wrote it there. A couple left here. Just Cause developer Avalanche worked on Iron Man game for two years before Disney scrapped the game. I mean, I totally understand because <laughs> the, the last just uh, the last two Just Cause games were like super bad. Have you ever played Just Cause? I played uh, three and four, I think. Mm, yeah, the fourth one was bad. Um, for like the the time that it came out, it's like, damn, why does this play like it's on PS One? Well, and I I played the games um, when they came out free from 
you know, Amazon Prime mm-hmm. or yeah, whatever I, I the, the thing was. Um, well, I, I actually played three quite a bit ago um, free because it, I got some promotion for a video card or, or, you know, whatever. I mean, the gameplay was fun, but it was extremely repetitive. It's the first one, the Just Cause game when it came out, and I remember this distinctly, it was, was them showing off how creative people were getting with like the mechanics that were built in the game. The point of the Just Cause games originally was being able to take a person, put a hook on their belt, attach them to a jet ski, and then shoot the jet ski, you know, like off the side of like a, a cliff, and then watch like the person get flung off into space, you know, like it was all these mechanics of being able to tie things together and stuff like that, that made that game what it was. So, you know, once that, once that, you know, one trick pony, (laughs) as the games went on, really all you could do is change the environment and try to adapt to it to give more interesting things. Uh, And that's really where it it ended. You know what I mean? And then the mechanics didn't really improve. And um, by today's standards, it's not very enjoyable game. Uh, I think it has mostly negative or mixed reviews. Uh, in regards to that game in particular, uh, Just Cause 4. So uh, it turns out that they did uh, work on a game for two years, and then it was scrapped. Um, I watched the video with the main guy who has gone on to make his own studio, the main guy from Avalanche. Um, from what I hear, Disney, like they'd been working on the game for two years, then they showed Disney, and Disney was like, whoa, no, we need to get this done in this time. So they cut like a year off of their their time um, and then increased the budget and said, go hire people. Like, we need to get this done, you know what I mean? They wanted them to hire like 70 people to get this done. So huge budgetary expansion, you know? Um, but Avalanche like refused, I guess, or there was some type of discrepancy in working with that because the way that he described it is that in regards to like game development for big studios is like, if the development's like four or five years, the last year is like solely dedicated on the back end of the business to finding the next project to keep the company in operation. You know, it takes that time, if not more to land a new gig and keep going. Um, so they said by, by removing that, that year of the timeline, it essentially just removed their, his ability to find them work, uh, if they were to have agreed with it. So they kind of like scrapped it and then he didn't really give a, a, a too detailed answer. You can kind of tell he didn't want to talk about it. And the guy was kind of asking like really touchy questions, but, um, yeah, basically this Iron Man game was scrapped. Uh, he made a quick kind of like, yeah, whatever type description of it does, you can like put somebody through a wall with like your your blaster and then just like take off and fly across the city and stuff like that. So it was going to be like an open world Iron Man game, uh, much like what you would assume a Just Cause developer would make. Uh, next one here, HBO. I already mentioned this one, uh, HBO Max Clearinghouse with those titles. Uh, John Favreau wants George Lucas to make a cameo in Mandalorian. Yeah, we, we talked about this before we started recording. I mean, I, I would love it if... It was the same character in the Star Wars universe that George Lucas played for Episode Three, which was just a quick glimpse and you miss it type of deal. Um, it was Chairman Papanoida or Papanoidia. I can't remember exactly, but blue dude uh, with a with a hat. Um, I think that would be fun. But I, I, you mentioned it's probably just going to be some random person in the background. Yeah, I mean, I think that. I, I think that's what they want and like what they're talking about. They just want him to be like there. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. 
He doesn't need to make like a hey everybody, like it's me, George Lucas. <laughs> it's not well, no. just Nobody put him somewhere. That. They want him to be like, you know, just somebody in the background or it should literally but, be that same bar that Mando went to in the first episode, <laughs> and then he's just sitting in the back, like in that photo of him sitting in the food court at the mall, like eating oh, sparrows and shit. <laughs> in his little button up, the, like yeah, the flannel button up shirt, the jeans. jeans. Yes, like that would be amazing. I, 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 I would lose it. That'd be amazing. I mean, you you saw the thing that happened with Mando. It was I think it was season two, one of the I think it was episode three. There was a guy that um, in the production team um, barely got on, like just a you know, his jeans and part of his sweatshirt were showing, and he became known as a jeans guy. And Disney edited him out like within a week. <laughs> but it, it would oh, be God. great if it was like that, just you know, like little things, like oh, that's that's yeah. George. Like real I, just George. Think it, I just think it would be funny. It'd be so it it'd be, be so weird and stupid. It would just be like I'm totally fine with that. Let's just move on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he wants that. It. It doesn't it's just somebody saying something? It's nothing, you know. Uh, and yeah, to speed through these last two, uh, Owen Wilson called Marvel uptight in regards to him talking about Loki. Uh, and then the next one, last one here is She-Hulk head writer Jessica Gao says she had no control over how Daredevil looked, stating Marvel Studios knew exactly what they wanted a suit wanted the suit to look like. Good. Good. So they're all they're all gun ho about it. Just, well, I mean just to, to both You saw these. it though, yeah, it's yellow. It's the yellow yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and red. So Yeah. I mean I definitely feel like Marvel has I mean they when Tom Holland started running his mouth he always had a buddy, and it was almost always Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> and like, and uh, Tom would start saying something, and Benedict would be like, "Hey!" hey and he hey, always hey, had that like confused, uh, uh, like Tom look on his face. Like, what yeah. did I say? Oh, oh shit! I did say that. <laughs> yeah, he always had that look on his face. Like he's like, "Oh wait, what?" Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, I I definitely understand it. Um, like why? I mean, Marvel has done such a good job of keeping big secrets. For the most part, I I mean, I I, I don't I didn't see anything about um, you know Kang showing up in Loki at all. So I mean, I would, that was really nice to see, and it was just kind of. I think surprise. I did. I think I did run across some stuff and all that, but um, I don't know. It's I think it's more so just like um like an older actor commenting on like the Marvel methods more so than anything. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like. True old marvel over here acting all uptight because i said such and such about loki you know what i mean it's like eh. <laughs> it's like there's a method to their madness and their madness is incredibly lucrative so you i still know. think he's a loki variant i mean I, I i would say that after you said that yeah i would probably side with that more than anything um and that you probably would find out more didn't he get killed though no i thought he got he's... like evaporated or some shit nope well he they all got to that like mysterious little, you know, plane in between. Was he there when they came back and was looking at the Kang statue? I, I don't think he was there. Oh. But him and all of the other Lokis that had survived were still alive. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But um, you know, this is just speaking on on Disney and their methods and all that. But. Uh, we really should wrap it up because we yeah. did go pretty long. Probably going to edit a good chunk of this stuff out to keep it pretty low. But uh, we will wrap it up here. And uh, like I mentioned, you know, if you are listening to this on YouTube, even hit us with that subscribe button. That'd be fantastic. Maybe some notification action. Share it with your friends. 
that like button, help the algorithm, uh, you know, get us out there a little bit more. Then much appreciated. Uh, but if you want to check us out on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, Facebook, and all that good stuff, it's at Nerd Chatter Show. Uh, you can find all of our episodes of the Nerd Chatter Podcast anywhere you can find podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and pretty much everywhere else, including Audible, right? Yeah. Um, if you're interested in becoming part of the community, you can join our Discord or head on over to our Patreon where we have some Patreon-specific content for those supporters. Uh, just put up a, a segment uh, last week. Which one was that? That was our top three Star Wars games. Uh, we put that up for our Patreon subscribers, a little half-hour or 45-minute discussion uh, going over some fond memories. So uh, definitely check that out if you're interested. Um, but also, all the links for things that we discussed and mentioned in the show uh, will be down there in the description below. Uh, and if you're on any of the podcast platforms and you need some assistance with any links or anything like that, head on over to our website at nerdchatter.com. And uh, that should feed you to pretty much anywhere you need to go to get any more information. Um, got this on here. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Audible. If you could hit that follow button, then on YouTube and Google Podcasts, uh, hitting that subscribe would be much appreciated. So, uh, Garrett, another week down. This is our 10th episode. Appreciate it, my friend. I mean, it's thank you to you as well. It's collaborative effort. Yeah, the, the commitment is unwavering with... Uh, minuscule amount of viewers and whatnot <laughs> yeah, it's okay it's okay you know we'll, we'll stay we'll stick to it because we like talking about nerd stuff so uh like i said we're gonna go ahead and head on out of here i'm gonna go ahead and uh crack a little brewski and fire up the obs and hop on twitch and uh, do a little live stream over at nerd chatter show so uh, you guys take it easy <laughs>